Am I making any sense? All right, today I have a very special guest on Am I Making Sense? He can be found performing at multiple stand-up venues like the Punchline San Francisco, Cobb's Comedy Club, and Rooster Tees. But most importantly, you need to check out his IGTV series, Zoo Review. The mighty Clay Newman. Thank you so much for joining me, Clay. Uh, thank you, man. God damn it. Hearing credits just makes me so sad and nostalgic now. I don't want to like <laughs> well, I the podcast. I know. I should. Um, I really should say prior to the plague, right, he could be yeah. found perform, <laughs> perform, performing. But we'll get back to normal eventually. It's just it's a yeah. timeline at this point. Exactly. No, and, and it is funny, like what all the comedians do. We're all making sure we like send a message to the bookers, like, "Hey, how you doing? Hope mm-hmm. you're well. I still exist. Just making yeah. sure you know. Just remember, I'm still alive." Yeah, totally. It's it's strange times. So I, I wanted to get into Zoo Review. For am sure. I calling it right? It's titled Zoo Review, right? Yeah, yeah, Zoo Review. Okay, so this thing is so hilarious. I love it, Clay. I'm telling you, I'm gonna make. I'm going to make a prediction here and now on the podcast. If you hit 100 episodes of Zoo Review, Discovery Channel or Nat Geo is going to be knocking on your door. <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope so. Because these I, things uh, are hilarious. Where did you come up with the concept for this? Well, I mean, the idea is whenever I'm on the road doing shows, I would usually just get high and go to the zoo to kill time before the show. Okay. And so I've just got like this whole backlog of animal footage on my phone that I didn't yeah. really know what to do with. And we all got locked indoors and I needed a project. And so I figured, all right, may as well start figuring out which is the best animal. Nice. No, it's really cool. So, okay. So you like zoos. That was going to be one of my questions. You're one of these guys. Cause I like zoos too. Sometimes I feel a little conflicted because I'm like, ah, these animals want to be out there. But then I yeah. also like wildlife and there's no other way yeah, to take yeah. in wildlife. Yeah, you know, it's got, I, I mean, same boat. Obviously, yeah. there's some moments where you're like, oh, you just, you know, you see like a tiger or something just <laughs> staring at a corner of a wall. It's just not, it's just like, it's a sad sight. But, um, uh, I, I, you know, people just kind of, they hear what they want to hear sometimes. Yeah. They latch on to beliefs that they like. Uh, yeah. I dated a lady for a brief period of time who was a conservation, uh, conservationalist. Sure. She, um, she actually like looked after California condors. Like her job was just to track them, Big make fan. sure there's still like a few left over. And yeah. she was incredibly attractive. And so when she just sort of offhand told me like, oh, don't worry, most of those animals at the zoo wouldn't have survived in the wild anyway. It's like, all right, yeah. no more questions. I don't want to think about it beyond that. I'm officially yep. sold on zoos. And no, and I believe that to be true too. I think these are mostly rescued animals. And so it's almost, it's not that it's inhumane to release them, but you release them and they're gonna be dead in a week. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so. like there a lot of zoos do um, programs where they do like purposely breed animals to reintroduce them to the wild when it like yeah. is necessary for their survival. But yeah, for the most part, you know, especially if you ever get the chance to go to San Diego Wild Animal Park, like, oh, yeah, I guess they would rather be outside. That makes sense to not be in a cage. Yeah, but it is it is what it is. Well, the California condor, that's an amazing story because that bird was done. And yeah. then conservationists stepped in. I, there was what, like four left or something? Yeah, basically. I mean, it got, yeah, it definitely got down to within 20. And okay. uh, it's, it's this tricky situation where like 
people don't care enough about condors to make power lines wider. That is like, in fairness to humanity, a pretty difficult ask to make all the power lines in the Western United States a little bit wider. So they don't fucking zap themselves repeatedly after watching all the other ones zap themselves. Like there at a certain point, humanity's like, just try dude, avoid it. Just try to avoid it. There's a lot of air above it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But now the focus is on, um, you know, places like the Pinnacles and different state parks where you actually can get enough space for them to throw it around without electrocuting themselves like idiots that they are making a slight comeback. They're still obviously on the critically endangered list, but it's not totally abysmal. Yeah. I think Oakland Zoo has one California. Uh, Do they? No, no. I'm sorry. I got mixed up. They have some kind of, it's, I don't think it's a California condor though, but, um, yeah, those, that's a very interesting story. So They're talking huge. about how you evaluate all of these animals. So I love it. So your first, at, so it's four attributes, right? What are uh, the four five attrib- categories? So five categories. Five categories. Okay, uh, what got, are they? Uh, we start off with adorableness. That's and, what I love best. Uh, so there's adorableness and then there's badassness. And that's just sort of a good equalizer. Usually yeah. one animal's stronger and one of those or the other. Every once in a while you got like a grizzly bear or a Sumatran tiger, which are both yeah. adorable and badass. So then they're off yeah. to a really good start. Uh, those are sort of the more uh, shallow ones. There's yeah. intelligence, which is kind of interesting. It's kind of difficult to rate. You can get points in intelligence by uh, having a social structure in your community, by communicating by more than just peeing on stuff and smelling each other's poop. Like if they actually have right. verbal communication, they get you some points. Um, that's what we look into for that uh special skills comes after intelligence so for example like a they're all on a scale of zero to 20 so a 20 for special skills would be like a duck-billed platypus just something that brings a whole lot to the table just a swiss army knife animals where it can um it can produce milk but it also lays eggs and it has a poisonous barb for some reason it just has a lot of cool special skills Uh, and then finally, the one that takes down a lot of the animals that you would think would get the highest score is, will they make it? Just what are the chances yeah. these animals are still going to be around in a generation or two? Oh, okay. I thought, will they make it was a culmination. So that's its a slot in and of its own, not a like a yes. means or average. Yeah. Okay. So like, for example, the, the grizzly bear is looking pretty good right now. It's got a score okay. of 86. And I think the next closest one is the American or the, yeah, the American crow with 70. And it's because yes. grizzly bears aren't endangered and they happen to be adorable. They happen to be badass. They're pretty intelligent. And I might've been a little generous on the special skills. Their special skills is hibernating and I'm sort of a lazy stoner. And so the idea of just eating a lot and taking a long nap, that's a pretty big positive in my book. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough to have something that is, all five categories it's it's a pretty big rarity it's really only but the grizzly bear yeah so grizzly bear is number one out of 17 at this point yes that's where we're at right now and uh, raven is number two or is it crow it's crow yeah the, the california crow i haven't okay. been able to find any ravens creeping around the house i've gotten from i've got i've gotten to the point where i haven't really paced myself well heading into the quarantine and so I am quickly running out of animals. I filled at the zoo. Now I'm just sort of standing outside like a crazy person, hoping <laughs> an animal flies in front of the house. Like I've gotten some good lizards and crows. My friend has a pet tortoise. I'll be talking about next week. Yeah, I'm nice. Do. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that there's some stock footage that would be fine to be used in short, like 10, 15 seconds. Reels, you know, I, I'm not too dumb 
to figure out the answer. I swear to God, I've looked and I've tried to figure out. So what is the legality of using somebody else's footage in the context that I'm using it? And every time I get into the legal wording and I'm just like, oh, I've got to do something else. So I'm just like, just out of fear of, you know, the off chance I make money off it one day. I don't want to have to re-edit everything. I'm just trying to keep it all of my footage for now. Oh, I think me and you think the same way. Because I had like two episodes where I had this, what I thought was a Creative Commons intro music. And I think I'm clean with Creative Commons stuff, but um, yeah. even sound effects, like I have a soundboard, but I very rarely use it on the podcast. And I had intro music and I just go, you know what? The one thing I'm doing with this podcast is I paid for some artwork, but after that, everything, I'm just trying to create ground up just because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I probably will never make money with this, but if I do, I don't want lawyers knocking on my door go, oh, well, episode 53, you had this sound or this audio clip and so now you owe us a million dollars i've only made two dollars <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh anytime i have to prove how much i'm making in comedy it's always a really depressing feat like yeah. uh even just taxes like just having to like like i try to be as honest as possible and yeah. it still looks like i'm for sure gonna get auditing so like according to my taxes i only net like probably $47 for the entire year of comedy. I'm like, no, I think I did actually spend that much traveling to do this stupid thing. Yeah. It is what it is. You just have to try to, you know, protect yourself. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, so I totally get it. Um, you know, the, uh, the crow it's interesting. I had a colleague and he was like best friends with the crows. I'm sure they were California crows. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So he would go out, he would feed them nuts he would feed him bacon and it was like he had a relationship and so one day he was just talking about crows and how smart they were and so i go you know what i'm going to do a little googling on that and it turns out throughout history crows have been more or less companion animals to human to humanity yeah 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 they are incredibly smart they're i mean birds are so interesting because they really don't have big brains in general but for whatever reason um, like macaws and some parrots, and then yeah. on the other side, crows and ravens. Just every once in a while, you get a really smart bird. And yeah, yeah it's interesting. In captivity, uh, you know, there have been many cases of crows using tools. Uh, yeah. One crow, you know, would um, take a cup of meal and just just understood the concept of a cup and water. It would just take dry meal in a cup, walk the cup over to running water, put the water in it. Just wow. you know, stuff that. 99% of the animals on planet earth just could not wrap their dumb brains around. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's just tool use. Tool use is so like overwhelmingly rare in the animal community. It's such a simple thing. And yeah. it's like, it's such an immediate reward to figure out you take a stick and you poke it in a hole and then the grub comes out and yeah. it's just nuts that so many animals, they can't make that switch flip in their brain. I think, yeah. So I used to be, I went through a phase of chimpanzees where I was anything on Nat Geo. <laughs> and this was probably like, this was before the, inter, uh, there was the internet, obviously I'm not that old, but yeah. it was like early nineties. Yeah, yeah. And so I would have, I would literally be checking out VHS tapes from the library on chimps <laughs> to learn as yeah, much as they sure. And they, you they used the stick. posters but, of Jane Goodall up on the wall and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. <laughs> it was like that. I was kind of, I, I go through obsession periods. So that was, but also um, recently there was this picture of an orangutan using a spear over a river that they think certain orangutans, uh, orangutan, wait, how am I saying? Or- orangutans. Orangutans, I th- I'm not sure. Orangutans not sure. were using 
Um, there was only like a small tribe that figured out how to use this spear or something. I forget if they were on a preserve where they were watching humans or if it was something that just happened. Yeah. But it was similar to what the chimpanzee does with the anthills where they're, but it was for fish. Oh, for sure. No, it's interesting because they are like, it kind of makes you ask that philosophical question. What's the difference between mimicking and learning? Because that's really, that's really all learning is to a certain extent. It's just mimicking what you see your own species do. But orangutans in particular are really good about mimicking human behavior and just something silly like, uh, like I saw this clip of an orangutan just watching workers saw, and then he just take a saw and just he yeah. just saw a piece of wood, and you just look at him and you, you try to figure out what's his goal with doing this, like what's he trying to process by doing it, and yeah. there's so few animals that seem like they're capable of that level of thought. They're really beautiful and fascinating to watch for that reason. Yeah, yeah, totally. So where did I saw hippopotamus was in here recently? Um, yeah, we just so hippopotamus just uh, came out today and rigged pretty good, pretty much right in the middle, seven out of seventeen at the moment, tied with the Chilean flamingo. I may have been a little harsh on adorableness. Okay. I think I only gave it a nine, which is kind of unfair. Their babies are pretty cute, but they got yeah. nineteen in badassness, so they made it up. Well, yeah, the badassness don't aren't they one of the deadliest? Or is it the elephant in Africa that has the no, most? No, no. So, well, as far as land mammals go, it's the hippo. Like technically, the deadliest okay. animal is the mosquito because that gives you malaria. Um, but uh, there are probably snakes and spiders too that take out more than five hundred people a year. But yeah. five hundred people a year, all in one continent, is a lot for for yeah. an animal. Like I'm, I'm guessing probably maybe 20 people a year in North America get killed by wolves max. And they're taking out right. 500 a year in Africa. And they're just, they're surprisingly sneaky. Uh, I think the dangerous part is, you know, they're surprisingly fast on land and they roam. Yeah. Like they'll go up to six miles in the night to look for food. And um, once they get to farmland, you know, if you're just out there having a cigarette on the porch, like, you just run the fucking side. There's nothing you can do. You, you look at them and it was like a big old marshmallow, but no, yeah. no, they'll tear you up. With those big old teeth, that big yeah. mouth and those flattened out teeth or whatever, they'll just crush yeah, it's you. Like they, their jaw is so interesting because it opens up at like such an extreme angle that mm-hmm. basically it could go from, uh, like it can basically go to four feet wide. Like that's how much space oh. they have to fit in their jaw. Forget it. That's yeah. almost every person. That's your whole upper yeah. half. <laughs> exactly. You're gone. Exactly. No, they're, they're, they're crazy. They can snap a crocodile in half. It's, it's nuts. Wow, 500 people. So 500 killed or 500 attacked? 500 people killed a year in Africa, according to BBC. That's insane. And probably oh, nothing like an electric fence would keep them out. They'd probably just go no, right through No, they go right through it. Yeah, and, you know, if you're if you're in a, uh, like a canoe or a kayak or something, you can't really see that coming. There's not much you can do about that. No, no. Yeah. They're just going to bump you out and break you in half. I yeah, wonder, exactly. they're herbivores, though, right? So they aren't outright mm-hmm. looking for flesh. No, no, they're not looking for flesh. They're just territorial and they need to eat like 70, 80 pounds a night. And so basically they only really can get out and graze at night. They're just not built for the part of the planet that they wound up in. They can't really be out of the water during the daytime. And so yeah. they're out and they're just like, got to eat, got to do this quickly. They can't see for shit at night. And so anything moving around, they're like, oh, well, may as well chomp it in half just in case it was a threat. Yeah. So of all these animals you reviewed and all that you're going to be reviewing, I know you try to keep it as objective as possible with all the different attributes, but is there a favorite of yours? 
yeah, uh, I'm worried, man. So uh, my favorite animal just in general is the penguin. And oh. like, I, don't, I don't mean to be like a penguin hamster, but I definitely was a fan of them before March yes. of the Penguins and yeah. uh, Happy Feet and all that stuff. Um, and they are objectively shitty animals. They really like <laughs> it's that's why I like them so much. Like they're they're smooth in the water, but they're so out of place for most of their lives. And they are, uh, according to like the handful of people I've met that have been to Antarctica, some of the dumbest creatures you'll ever come oh. across. They're like they're as opportunistic as seagulls, but they're not as clever as them. So okay. where seagulls know. You know, if I wait till like two and a half hours into a baseball game, I start flying in and I get food. Like that's an insane amount of knowledge for a bird yeah. to have. Penguins are just like, if I see a ship, I'm going to stare at it. And apparently like penguins will starve to death staring at a ship waiting oh. for something to happen just because they're so confused and enamored by it. Oh, no. Yeah. No, they are genuinely dumb. Oh, but they're not shitty as in they come up and try and rape you, right? No, no. <laughs> you know, like a dolphin. Awkward. We haven't got into marine life. We're going to get yeah. on to marine life, but yeah, you know, some animals true. are like that. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, that's <laughs> the problem with uh, the whole concept of the zoo review is any marine life, you just have a very clear reflection, like reflection of my dumb ass just filming this glass screen where the, yeah. the fish is in the background. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, there's, there's interesting, like there's this uh, thing where, for whatever reason, the more adorable the animal is, the more aggressive their sexual tendencies are. Uh, I like koalas and otters for whatever reason are aggressive when it comes right. to mating behavior. Like apparently koalas claws are more for mating than for actually like climbing on trees to keep that lady bear in place. Uh, and uh, otters like no creature is safe from an otter when they're, when they're ready to go, they'll hump anything. Oh man. Yeah, I know there was some controversy because um, Butch had a, uh, he had a otter bit, I think. And then Michelle Wolf did an album on something about sea otter. I, I don't know either of the bits. I don't know either. Oh, of the bits. sure. But yeah. But there was a, a bit about how shitty of an animal they are and they're so cute. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I can't speak to that specific instance yeah. of having a similar joke, but, yeah. uh, it's a, it's a fairly well-known thing amongst yeah. animal fans that otters are like cute monsters. Like they hold hands to stay together in little pods while they're floating around. But oh, they yeah. also eat other otters' babies. Like they oh, are- I didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah, they're dark. It's sort of a, uh, it's almost like an even more adorable gremlin situation where it's just these like precious creatures where then you put water on them and they turn into assholes. Oh man. They, see, they don't cover that when I take my uh, kids to Monterey Bay Aquarium. No, 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 that's, <laughs> that's my job with the zoo review. I got all the animal facts for adults. There you go. That's nice. <laughs> so so let's jump into aquatic life because I uh, kind of got fascinated with the octopus maybe like three or four sure. years ago. Yeah, And yeah, I didn't realize animal. how intelligent they are. And now anytime I see, you know, in certain Asian dishes, they'll have the squiggling octopus that's being like cooked live or something. I'll be like, yeah, that's an yeah. eight-year-old child. Yeah, I know. It's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. Um, no, they, uh, and it's interesting because there's only so much testing you can really do on octopi, yeah. like, especially from like, like you get out there and scuba dive with them, but you can't really communicate. But they've been studied and it's nuts, the amount of communication they have with each other, just mm -hmm. the, uh, 
the, the amount of vocalization they could do just with like the um the skin tone they like very few animals <clears throat> change color for anything under the camouflage but they actually are able to communicate with it which is crazy and mm-hmm. there's been a whole lot of first-hand accounts of like personal relationships with yeah. uh with octopuses and, like squid not so much but no some of those mollusks can be really smart yeah yeah it's crazy it's a crazy thing i think if you were so what's your opinion if you were to put the intelligence of land animals, let's subtract uh, Homo sapien from it, right? So sure. we might skew some of the numbers, whatever. But if you were to do a lump average of intelligence on land and intelligence in sea, who do you think, which group would come out on top? Yeah, that's tough. Because, uh, right, so the, like the big hitters on the seaside, you've got, um, you know, dolphins and whales and then yep. octopi. And yep. then on the land side, you know, you got your great apes and then just the random ones, the ravens and macaws. And it's really hard not to be a homer because you look at what a bonobo was able to do. And it's yeah. like, look how close they are to us. That's clearly very intelligent. But yeah. the level of mental capacity it takes <clears throat> just for echolocation, like for, yeah. for dolphins to be able to communicate in a way that took humanity, like <laughs> what, how many years of technology yeah. before we had sonar? Yeah, uh, that takes a huge amount of brain capacity, and uh, it's tricky. They both, like, they both actually exhibit play. Like, both dolphins yeah. and great apes are comfortable enough to play with each other. They both have sex for fun, which yeah. is incredibly rare in the animal community. It's tough, I think, just because there's the added pressure of not being able to communicate really because you're underwater, I'd give it to the the water creatures. I, I think that's my opinion. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm going purely on numbers because we only know us doing the, you know, study of biology is a fairly new thing, right? So we have maybe 150 years of somewhat decent numbers and statistics of what we've seen in um, sea life. Sure. And land animals. And I think, after just watching documentaries on both dolphins and killer whales, which I guess orcas are a form of a dolphin. Yeah. Um, but I, I always had categorized them differently. But between those two and to know how varied dolphins are and how big the ocean is, probably I would put the ocean as having more intelligence than land if I took out humans. But sure. when you put humans in, then of course it's, it's yeah. land. Yeah, we got some perks in that category. We do. Uh, that's interesting. Like uh, more of, I'd say the ocean has like a higher ceiling and a lower floor in terms of intelligence. There's like, right. there's a lot of just dumbness, eat a fuck, eat a fuck dumbness, like yeah. in the, uh, in the ocean. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a little extra harsh on like cold blooded animals when it comes to the rating system, like reptiles and amphibians are just a little too primal for me. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Like primal doesn't always mean unintelligent. The octopus, like octopuses have been around for so many millions of years. They're yeah. such a, like, <laughs> I mean, they're such an unevolved species that idiots think that they're aliens. Like that's yeah. how long they've been around. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a long timeline. So, yeah. so what's an animal that you may not get to that you really would like to get in the zoo review? Ooh. Um, I mean, there's some weird shit in Australia. There's some strange animals oh, out there. Uh, 
I I don't know where you can see a manatee at at a zoo. I don't know, like other than going to Florida, whether have a chance to film a manatee, but they are fascinating animals. They like <laughs> they're probably going to be the closest to zero for will you make it? Like they really do not fit in this world of human beings, but yeah. they're so cool looking. I love the idea that sailors looked at them like it's a mermaid. Yeah. You know? it just tells you like how long these suckers. Oh my god! Yeah, like. And I get it. Like this is from an era of Rococo where big, beautiful women, like this is, this was the original BBW era, but still to look at a manatee be like, Oh, look at that whiskers. I want to fuck that. Yeah, yeah. And they're a fascinating creature. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever seen one. You, but you know what, now that I'm thinking about it. You could probably, I don't think this is the time of year. Oh, you're down South now, but the elephant seal I think a couple months back, the elephant seal was at um, wherever that is, a little south of Santa Cruz. I forget where. Oh, I sure. Um, I forgot. Oh. I've been there before, but I forget the name of the city. And I've seen them. And those are, those, I mean, when you see something like that, you feel like you've landed on a, you know, some other planet because it's just yeah. a gross, nasty, large, large. <laughs> and I hear that yeah. they're violent, too. It's like they're definitely territorial. They're definitely yeah. pissy because they're just you know, you don't, you don't get the full view when you're watching TV, how much it smells like horrible shit. It smells really oh, bad. bad. It just seems like uh, you can feel the temperature rise as you get close to them because they're that many. It just seems sweaty and uncomfortable for them. So yeah, they're usually pretty grumpy. Uh, but yeah, down here in SoCal, we've got the Channel Islands. So there's a couple really big uh, sea lion and elephant seal rooks that are fun. Okay. Do you think, are zoos considered essential? Like if you wanted to get footage, would you even be able to get in the door? No, probably no, not. No, they're all, they're all closed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm they're like. Of... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, obviously people are still working there. They're not just like, oh, yeah, yeah. all right, here's, here's Postmates, figure it out. The animals. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> There's no delivery fee right now, so have at it. I, I went out today to pick up some groceries, and it was around 5 o'clock. I was kind of shocked how many people are out and about because um, one of the main expressways by my house, it was like, it's not your typical five o'clock traffic. Obviously it wasn't that bad, but I was kind of like, wait, aren't we supposed to be, aren't we supposed to be, it was the first time I drove in a week. I was like, yeah. I, th I thought we were supposed to be home. And then of course I went to the grocery and it was fairly empty other than the people trying to, you know, get into the grocery. But yeah, it still feels like there's a lot of people who are just out and about um, in it's the stay at home. Uh, I'm in, so I'm in a like pretty suburban area right now. I'm in Ventura, yeah. which is like an hour north of LA, yeah. and I'm feeling a lot of just aimless walking around. Just people that just we're yeah. at the point where most of the people here are with family, and everybody's like, "I just gotta, I just gotta be outside. Yeah. I just gotta not be in this goddamn house for a minute." But are people for the most part like at least wearing masks and everything while they're out and about? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Most people had masks. There were some people that didn't have uh, masks on. Um, but you know what, what's your take on, I, so we were talking about news a little bit. I heard on the news in, there's uh, states in like middle America where people are actually starting to do group protests that they want to come out again. What's your yeah. opinion on that? That seems uh, kind of crazy. Like how bad do you want to, I get it. I get it. I get it. Your bank account's at zero and you need money. And for that you're scared and you want, but like, this thing has been pretty serious. The people who've caught it, it's like, it can, it can go both ways. They can get healthy really quick, or you can end up with cement in your lungs and be dead in 48 hours, you know? So I was thinking like, 
this seems a little crazy to be protesting to go back to work. What's your take on it? Well, I mean, I can't pretend to understand where they're coming from because to yeah. me, when you know you spend your whole life complaining about uh, having too much government and your yeah. goal politically is to get rid of the government. When something like this happens, if your response isn't to realize like, Oh, we shouldn't have put so much focus on tearing apart the government because we yeah. need them for situations like this. If your response is like, see, they won't let me work. I told you the government was slowing us down. That's yeah. insane to me. Just yeah. to, like the, the basic math of, we, we have the worst case of Corona of any country in the world. Yeah. They all have the exact same information as us. The yeah. only outlier is us. And people are still <laughs> like, fucking China, fucking World Health Organization. It's like, how do you yeah. possibly look outward while this is going on when we have the worst case of it? Well, I'm going to be... So my I have a little bit of... Um, I don't have experience... Well... So I had two sick children through February and March to the point where they both got pneumonia. Jesus. Um, and my both, I had two neighbors with pneumonia. So my two neighbors are like, they're convinced that they had um, the Corona because all their symptomatically, it was like dot for dot with my daughters. They didn't lose their sense of smell and taste, but they both like fevered to the point where eventually it turned in and had a cough that ended up like keeping them and it got wheezy and chunky and everything. Yeah. And we took them in and, and basically where I'm going with this story is not to make it too much about my kids, but where I'm going with it is um, the responses we always got were, um, well, they don't fit the uh, criteria of the coronavirus, which now we know if you're a human being, you fit the criteria. Right, if you're a human right. being and you have a fever, you fit the criteria. But ultimately what it came down to, and they didn't say it in so many words, but it was just me and my wife putting two and two together is... Um, the tests weren't there. And so even healthcare, because we have one friend who is a health, uh, nurse in healthcare and he's had the coronavirus too, which most mm. healthcare workers are getting it. It's like- I'm sure, yeah. The infection rate is so high in healthcare workers. Obviously I'm not a news podcast, so I can't quote any official numbers or whatever, but it's, it's so significant. Um, but the bottom line is, is- It's a if, comedy podcast. We're allowed to just say things comedy. Yeah, we're allowed. <laughs> <laughs> the majority of, yeah, the majority of my intelligence is just like <laughs> making fart noises into the microphone. But um, where I'm trying to get is even the most cynical anti-government person after this episode, if they come out still saying we shouldn't have socialized health care, I can't, because if you would have had socialized health care, you would have had, yes, it would have been more monolithic, but there would have been decisions made outside of the executive branch of our government, right? Yeah. It should be a, it should be like, Oh, we provide health for 350 million people. So this is the, the tack we're going to take and testing most of the really highly industrialized nations um, that had socialized healthcare, their testing situation. I mean, obviously cures not out there. There's a lot of roadblocks we have, but just testing, like, did my kids have it? I don't know. Did my neighbors have it? I don't know. Um, just that testing alone, if you had a nationalized system, would have been so much more smooth. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're even there yet as far as testing, which is why we're still, it, there's no flattening in the curve. It's just weird. It's random how it's playing out over the last week or two. You, um, can, order a you can order a test to see if you have the antibodies, which basically just tells you, like, did you already have it? 
Uh, but that's a couple thousand dollars. And <laughs> it's just like, how are we going to let capitalism heal us? Like how, yeah. how are so many people going to support this when they are being fucked by the system? It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And even with the whole concept of the uh, large government, like I actually, I don't think you need that larger government. If you had a government that wasn't spending trillions on, on bombs and, you know, influence and energy, even if let's just cut it back. Let's say, okay, guys, this year, let's tighten our belt and only spend half a trillion on bombs. Yeah. You could, you could build a whole national healthcare system let's with just, that bomb money. Let's, let's just pick one hemisphere and only yeah. have soldiers of that hemisphere. It was not half the world. That's a good it's idea. Not half. You know, uh, it's split it up. Just like you don't have to pick just west. Have a little bit of east. Just have yeah, to yeah. like only own half the world in uh, in terms of mass. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's insane. Uh, the priority system is so fucking crazy, and it's just like I wish I, I wish I didn't add to the whole animosity between the left and the right. But the fact yeah. is, I can't help but feel like we're just dragging a uh, very vocal and annoyingly powerful minority in this country we're just dragging them kicking and screaming into the modern society and it's just infuriating like it's really hard to be uh (laughs) you know to not talk to them like they're fucking children i no, i'm the same way i like to think of myself as a bridge because i don't object to everything a conservative person says but then i don't consider something like a national healthcare system as uh i don't consider that a liberal or a progressive point of view. I think that's just like, that's a smart, look, no one's going to poo-poo a fire department. No one's going to shit on a police department. Like we, public schools, I think we all agree. Everyone should know how to read a book and put together a few numbers. We all agree on that. Why can't we agree if my neighbor falls off his roof and doesn't have a job, he doesn't lose his house. Like that, that seems like a, it doesn't seem cons- like a liberal hippie thing to think, you know? No, no. And I do like, I need to make it a point to uh, follow up with all my libertarian friends just to make sure they return that $1,200 check they got for the government. Like now you oh, didn't yeah. want that, right? Like we are making sure sh- you are against yeah. taking this money as far as everything you've yelled about on Facebook in the last 10 years. So yeah, no keeping $1,200 for you. Yeah. Yeah. Libertarian. It sounds sexy up and until you talk about regulations. And I go, wait a minute, no, regulations are good, right? We need yeah. those from a nonpartisan. <laughs> like if you look at it, if you look at it, where's the safest place? Okay, before the coronavirus, but where's the safest place you could hang out in America? It's actually in an airplane. It, in an airplane, but it's also the most highly regulated industry in America to the point where every nut and bolt to some extent is under some kind of um, regulation yeah, you or know. common practice or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. And like with any system, uh, it has its faults. Like yeah. they take, obviously they take their power a little bit too far with everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I should have complained last time I flew, uh, I brought weed with me. I flew from, uh, San Francisco to Seattle, they pulled okay. me out of line on the x-ray to like <laughs> to take the weed out of my pocket. And the guy's just like, where are you going? I'm like, Seattle. It's like, come on, man. They have weed there. And he just gave <laughs> it back to me. And I left. I'm like, I feel like this is a white privilege moment, but also I'm glad you guys aren't being too serious about the unimportant stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's a cool story because I've always been paranoid. I don't think I've ever taken anything, maybe, maybe like a chocolate or something. 
I, on a plane. Well, my thought was uh, I would just be as obvious as possible and then fade ignorant. She's like, well, I'm going from one place where it's legal to another place where it's legal. Right. And that strategy works. But again, that's 100% white privilege. Like that is not something a majority of human beings in this country can get away with doing. I yeah. think the smarter thing to do is just like buy a pack of cigarettes, take a couple out, shove some joints in there, just like yeah. do them the, the courtesy of being sneaky about it so they can pretend yeah. they don't see it. I think yeah. that's the better way to go. Oh, that's so bold. That's bold, Clay. I, I would have never, <laughs> I would have never had the nerve to pull that one off. <laughs> I, I, it was. <laughs> Wait, so you kept it? They let you have it? So yeah, this is what happened. Uh, nice. Uh, well, the security guy pulled me out of line. Um, <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, what's this mask that's in your back pocket? And I'm like, all right, I'll be honest with you. I got hemorrhoids and I just have a wad of tissues back there. Cause sometimes <laughs> it gets kind of gross and bloody. He's like, all right, I'm gonna need oh, you to nice. pull that out. And I'm like, nice. All right. I was lying to you earlier. It's weed. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, come with me. <laughs> so he just like pulled me aside. And I had to wait for 15 minutes for some cop on a bicycle to show up. I don't know oh. why he doesn't get a golf cart or anything. It's too bad for him. Uh, but he just like was just annoyed that he had to go out of his way to that terminal to talk to me. And he's like, all right, yeah. well, don't do it again. He <laughs> just gave it back to me. Wow. <laughs> I thought I'd throw it away for sure, but no, I just flew with it. Nice. Yeah, so speaking of travel, let's link, let's link travel and also live entertainment together. Shit. Where do you think, um, I'm, I'm asking everyone who's on the podcast, where do you think things like comedy clubs, um, concerts, sporting events, like what, what do you think is going to be changed in the, if anything, in the next two to three months? Ah, uh, you know, um, people might be a little pissier about the two drink minimum because they want to go out and support, but then all of a sudden it's like, I don't have $9 for two, like for a beer yeah. right now. They're going to make me buy two $9 beers. But I think, I don't know. I think people are going to be so, uh, uh, they're just going to have like, such a desire to get out of the house and do yeah. something and go back to normal. I think there's going to be a little bit of boom and then it's going to be like it used to be. Yeah. But that's probably optimistic. I think here's I, my opinion is maybe if if we get this lifted and we kind of go back to normal, I'm sure it'll be phased and it won't be everyone just running out doing things. But let's say in two months, we're somewhat back to normal. Things are going to snap back like really quick as far as I mean, everything, even economy, probably because people are going to have so much cabin fever. They're going to yeah. want to go out. They're going to yeah, want to yeah. spend money. Um, they're going to want to work. Like, here's what's crazy like these protesters in middle America who are protesting to go back to a job. I think people are going to want to go back and work a nine to five job just to have some kind of like normal thing. And then the money will start flowing. I think if this goes on longer, it might be a little more, um, it might be a bigger change in, in live entertainment and comedy clubs and bars and sporting events where there might be more regulation. And it might be slowed down for, you know, quite a while. Yeah. Oh, it's tough to say. Um, yeah. I mean, especially since <laughs> in, in this country, at least every single day, we have a completely new outline laid out for us. Uh, yeah. But no, it'll be interesting. Um, if you look at uh, like South Korea and China, like even in the major cities, things are slowly going back to yeah, not normal, but at least like the right direction. Yeah. So 
I don't think I don't think three months, four months will kill us, but it's gonna feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing to keep busy? So you've had your dog. You've had um oh, yeah. the, the dog, you've had uh, him on zoo review. Are you just hanging out with the dog? Buddy, what else you got going on? Man, so so like I'm just I'm trying to keep as busy as possible. The nice. like my living situation right now is I yeah, I've been living in San Francisco forever for like 15 years. Yeah. Um it, <laughs> It, it, like I had this land for a while. In February, yeah. I moved out to SoCal to like just give LA a shot. Like, yeah. I'd try this, then try New York and see which one I like. And so I'm like, all right, I got a grandpa who lives about an hour north of LA. I'll spend a month or two with him just to save yeah. on rent and get my, like, the lay of the land out here. Yeah. And now I'm stuck with him forever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like, like the whole concept was like, all right, at least we're not going to be in each other's hair. So I'm like, try it as hard as I can to keep busy. Just yeah. going out to the beach, try to take pictures of birds. I've become nice. 86 as well. I just hang out outside and take pictures of animals Sweet. now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, eventually, I'm going to have to figure out if I need a delivery job or not. But I got really lucky with um, a commercial that I shot right before all this went down. So I still get good. a little bit of money from that. Good, and good. The Zoom shows have been surprisingly productive. Like I, nice. they're they're hard and it's very weird. Excuse me to do it without nice. any laughter, but um, I don't know. It's <laughs> like we're all just fucking doing it one week at a time, man. Yeah, that's people are getting creative. I love it, and I, I think there's been a big spike in people doing stuff on their Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, yeah. whatever. So we're all trying to. I think everyone's trying to like check in and say like, no, I'm, st I'm still trying to be funny. I'm still trying to be creative, which is good. Yeah. And it's cool to see, uh, it's, it's cool to see who's shining now that technology is such a big factor. It's sort of a, yeah. it's a good equalizer in comedy. Cause yeah. like a lot of the comics I look up to, um, have just been doing comedy for so long and they're such a like sweet, beautiful dirt bag that they yeah. can't work a phone even yeah, yeah, yeah. by a computer. And so just like, like all of a sudden, just by nature of having a Zoom account already, I yeah. am so far ahead of a lot yeah. of comedians. I'm just like, <laughs> it's it's so nice to just look confident by having an internet connection. It's really good. Yeah. No, I think this is this has been good. I think the um the the podcast doing the podcast through Zoom. It's definitely not. I mean, ideally, I'd rather you know people be in in my garage and we're just hanging out, but. I think it's been a good lifeline to me just yeah. talking through stuff and hanging out and making jokes. So I'm definitely, it's an angle that we will, it's a tool we now have in our pocket for 100%. if it ever comes down to this again, but it's definitely, I don't think it's first pick for any of us. No, uh, but you know, it's interesting because there, there are moments with, uh, with an online show that obviously aren't going to happen uh, in a venue. There's a lot of different ways to be creative with it. And even socially, like, I kind of dig the Zoom hangout. It's not a yeah. horrible system. It's for sure yeah. something I would never have thought to do before all this happened. Yeah. But, like, a, a couple days ago, I just had a little Zoom hangout with, like, a bunch of friends from fucking back in the dorms in college. Just yeah. some of them I haven't seen in, like, five, ten years. You know, they got their kids there, spouses yeah. and everything. It's just, it was cool, man. Um yeah, we did a we did a Zoom dinner with my family too. Three different households, all on a Zoom okay. call in front of their yeah. in front of the dining table. I think the like the one negative side effect of that is like, you know, come Thanksgiving or Christmas, there's not going to be an excuse to not Zoom call the entire extended family. We're we're stuck with everybody now. You got nine relatives you may or may not like that you got a Zoom call with every holiday. 
Yeah, yeah. So let's let's jump back into journalism because you're talking about your living situation. So are you? How much are you following news? And then does the biasness actually not even biasness because again, I kind of this is I try. I'm I think this could be a joke. I was talking to Brian um, Crow yesterday, and you know, really the policy should be if you're looking at news articles on a website that is also pushing an advertisement for toenail fungus treatment, you're probably not <laughs> on a very legitimate news site. Right. But like, what's your, do you follow news at all? And then what's been your take on, on all the madness for the last two months? You know, uh, like I, I, I kind of got, I, I try my best to have varying sources of news just to see mm-hmm. what everybody in the world was listening to. Now, for the most part, uh, I like, I read like most articles of bbc.com and then just oh, see what John one. Oliver has to say. Like BBC gets there. They even write, smarter than us there's just something yeah. about a british accent they're just like they, they add like a u to the word color like ooh, that's fancy you guys <laughs> use fancy words over there yeah. uh but it's a ooh, ooh. oh no i just talked shit about me having technology working and my phone almost crashed oh that's yeah so that good. was a jinx <laughs> really no one to knock on in the scratch yeah yeah um, <laughs> uh yeah the like the problem with my like current situation right now is like they'll say something stupid on Fox and mm-hmm. my grandpa will go like, what do you think of that? I'm like, well, that was a stupid thing they just said. And then they'll go like, well, what about what they said on CNN? I'm like, I don't like that either. Like yeah, yeah. It, it's what's so frustrating about being an actual liberal is like, well, you Democrats sure are fucking things up. I'm like, yeah, we really are. It'd be nice to like have a second to focus on us and not have to worry about you fucking idiots. Like I'm sure <laughs> It, it almost feels like a moment as a parent until we were way off of this. We're just like, I'm sure there's something you've wanted to do. It's like, you need to work on something just to better yourself. Like, I gotta, like, I've been working out, but I gotta hit my calves. I don't have time for my goddamn calves, but you can't yeah. address the calves because your kids shit on the carpet earlier. And that's how, that's how it feels to be a liberal right now. Yeah. No, with a kid, that's very uh, apropos because with a kid, you only get, you you need to learn to live life, especially now that you're homeschooling them. You live your life in 10 minute, 10 minute attention blocks. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't have time to like put heavy focus on your small problems when there are too many of their no. big problems going on. Yeah, it's just jump from, okay, I'll try and get a little work done. And then the kid needs, it's all online school. And both kids have different online apps that they're using. And so you're just yeah. jumping from thing to thing. And, um, but yeah, I, I totally, I totally get it. I, I look at the news as this is, so I think NPR is really good. I think BBC is really good. Yeah. Um, and and then after that, any other news channel I go to, I really, I go to it because I have, I think all humans have this, but I have this sick fascination with just the macabre and dark stuff. And so I, I just go from news site to news site to figure out who can give me the most darkest twist possible on this current situation. Yeah, sure, and it almost feels sure. like a shot of heroin when you get all the bad news. You're like, oh yeah, things are fucked uh, up. I'm happy. <laughs> I just like, I, I officially know too many people that just slurp that shit up. They oh, yeah. just eat it and dissolve it like it's fact. And it's just like, you know, like, like I'm having a hard time even laughing at uh like bad advertisements for medicine now, which is like historically some of the funniest commercials out there. They always have the worst actors playing and just like the hell if I fall and then I can't get up. There's, yeah, yeah. there's so much good, horrible commercials out there. Yeah. And 
then like it gets to the point where like, well, now I'm just angry that we have a healthcare system where they need to advertise a medicine and tell you to tell your doctor to give you that medicine. Oof. If it's the best one, your doctor will tell you to take it. That's not how medicine should work. You're not Applebee's, you know? No, no. I, yeah. So my, my uh, idealism wants to say that this is a point in history, a big point in history where hopefully the politics are, is dropped from the whole healthcare debate and then science moves in and says, oh, no, no, your population needs to be covered and needs to be covered objectively, not subjectively yeah. and not driven by a profit margin. But you know what? You, you know how I was talking about the, if it's a two-month, three-month thing? I think it's going to snap right. In, in fact, it could be worse. It could snap back and be worse because... Um, you know, as you know, after the whole 9-11 thing, there was that Homeland Security stuff. And then right. it pretty much gave carte blanche to our government to be a surveillance state. Yes. And and then and now I think what could happen is I, I read articles about Apple and Google using devices um, to track, con which is then you're handing over basically personal information personal identifiable uh, information to corporations, which is not a good thing. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I don't know. Mark Zuckerberg is rock hard right now, thinking oh, yeah. about the potential of taking over. Like, the, yeah. one of the ways that China and uh, a lot of countries that are, like, like South Korea and countries that are granted a lot smaller than us, but mm -hmm. what they did was they just let the tech people take over. They're like, all right, yeah. you tell us where we are, you tell us where we've yeah. been, and use that information and use that to tell us if we have put ourselves in danger for coronavirus. And yeah. that is something that like, I'm on fucking, I'm on Alex Jones' side with this one. Yeah. I do not yeah, me trust too. these fucking tech pieces of shit no. at all. It's another no. like in-house liberal problem that I wish we had time to address is how much power we gave these assholes. But like, again, we've like, we just had our back against the wall. It feels like for so long, we're just, we got to do all we got to do is just win. It doesn't matter how. We just got to win. Like, well, how about we try to be better than them instead of just trying to win? Yeah. No, I th and that comes back to my whole thing with uh, regulation. I think regulation, if it's a nonpartisan, intelligent, really re regimented organization, you could go in and regulate these tech companies and say, okay, well, if you can look at this data, but you can't look at that data, and maybe in a uh, state of emergency, Maybe this is the right thing to be doing in the state of emergency, but then a regulatory body has to step in and say, the emergency's over. Yeah. Take well, back just, the, the power. I mean, it's just such a, like, <laughs> the whole concept of democratic socialism is just, I wish that wasn't such a scary combination yeah. of words for people. It's just like, look, we're never going to get to the point where we spread the wealth. We're never going to spread the wealth. The question is, like, who do we let control it? Do we let like CEOs do it or do we let government officials do it? Because you can't, you cannot vote out Mark Zuckerberg. It's not going to happen. You yeah. have zero say in what the CEO of a company does, but you have some minuscule amount of power if it's an elected official. You can at least say, you're not using the money I have put into this system as well as it should be. You're not yeah. looking out for my interests. I'm going to put somebody else in there. Yeah. It just, I don't know, man. It's so frustrating to like <laughs> to see people over and over again just get 
like tricked by lazy rich assholes like they're not even they're not even trying to trick you down they're just no. saying fake news and they're like okay <laughs> like, yeah. that's all it takes yeah no it's getting easier and easier or maybe we're getting more global i think critical thinking is a big uh a big problem that maybe isn't necessarily taught we're really taught with uh we're taught with goals and metrics and so we don't necessarily think like well is achieving that goal the best thing for for me, for my family, for my neighborhood, for my city, you know, we just kind of go, Oh, this is the best thing right now because it's, yeah. it's how we're, we're numbers driven. We're wind driven. And really yeah, the numbers yeah. are all about money right now, <laughs> which it's I don't object so, like, to either. I, I find yeah. I, like that's, it's one way of keeping score, but, and we've been down this road, right? Like there were uh, railroad barons in the 1800s and they sure, got broken yeah. up. There were, uh, telecommunication baron, barons with uh, Ma Bell, that was broken up. And I think yeah. Google and um, Facebook and, I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't know, I'm in tech, but I don't know enough about structure. I would say Apple, I would say uh, these other ones that if you break them into smaller things and then you have a conforming kind of regulation that we've decided, hey, this is actually fair for everybody. Yeah. And it's not just one dude in an ivory tower making decisions that influence 350 million people. Actually, now it does. That's not even true because if you talk about Zuckerberg, there's 2 billion, isn't there something like 2 billion Facebook users? 2 billion. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like <laughs> that is insane. What? Uh, the world population's what, 8 billion right now? Like yeah. <laughs> a quarter of the world. <laughs> it's that's unprecedented. Someone needs to break that up. That's just not yeah. right. <laughs> well, it's just like, if absolutely nothing else, don't just let them lord the idea of taking their company overseas. Like, at least make them pay taxes. San Francisco, and I'm sure you're neck of the woods as well, is yeah. an infuriating place to me where there's so much money in theory, but it doesn't ever go back into the actual area no. because no. they don't tax the companies. It's uh -uh. mind blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not right. It's some crazy stuff. Maybe this will make changes. I don't know. Pro probably yeah. not. I don't probably know. Not. I mean, <laughs> we just decided to stop funding the World Health Organization, so that's not a great step in the right direction. I know <laughs> that can't be good. That can't yeah, be good. it's it's hard to it's hard to sound like it's hard not to sound paranoid, but it is. Um, like you said, as with nine eleven, there are a lot of opportunities out there to yeah just start being a fucking totalitarian douchebag and we'll see how many of those opportunities get taken up. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hey, turning to a lighter note, turning to a lighter note. Are What's you the cutest animal? What, what, yeah, let's do that. What is the, what, in your opinion, what is the cutest animal? Oh God. It's the Donald uh, Trump, the Tom, whatever lives on Donald Trump's head. At the given moment. Yeah, that, whatever that animal used to be was pretty adorable. Um, Jesus. Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a lemur fan. They're like yeah. the fluffier than your average monkey. They kind of got that like the longer snout. And uh, I'm sure they would be wildly annoying if you had one. They're notorious yeah. for having super loud calls. But I don't know. I've never seen a non-adorable lemur. Yeah. You know what? People should get you some footage. That's what we should do. We should put the call out. If anyone has footage of an animal that hasn't been on zoo review, they should send it over. That would to you. be great. Yeah. yeah. You should hit me up. Uh, probably the best way is just through Instagram. Just send me a message yeah. on uh, at clay.newman on Instagram. Clay.newman. That's what we should do. Yeah.
And then another thing I wanted to pick your brain about, we chatted uh, back in, I think it was in February at Pick Your Poison, but what is, so you've been doing stand-up for a long time. You've obviously rubbed, uh, rubbed elbows with some top touring comics. What is, have you ever gotten some really good advice in stand-up comedy? Um, like who, who gave you some good advice and, and what was that advice? Ah, uh, man. Um, or maybe you didn't really, get good advice. That, that's no, always like possible. To hit, uh, what, honestly, like one piece of advice, and I haven't even really truly followed up on it. Like I was, I was doing a weekend with um, Sam Tripoli, who okay. is like, for those of you unfamiliar, he's got he's a, a podcast. Uh, yeah. Oh, what the hell is his podcast? A tinfoil hat. So he's a big conspiracy theory guy. And okay. his audience was a lot of fun. It was for sure the most tables for one I've ever seen in a comedy show. Just a lot of dudes wearing wolves on their sweatshirt, just hanging oh. out by themselves. Like, yeah. I wish they should have just, like, by the second day, they should just put aside one big table and have all the lonely dudes sit together at that table. Yeah. But um, super good fans. And after the show, you know, Sam's got his shirts and uh, uh, the feature has stickers and CDs. And I'm just standing by the door, just like, thank oh. you. Thank you for coming. And Sam's yeah. like, hey, man, if you're not going to do merch, at least have cards. So I was just like, that's really good advice. Just get your Instagram handle that you like. Don't be like me and pick Clay.Newman like an idiot. Find something that's actually catchy and good. Yeah. Uh, and then just get a card that says your name, your Instagram handle, all your socials. Uh, don't put your phone number on it. This isn't yeah. for meeting ladies. You don't want to yeah. give your phone number to every audience member. That will not end well. Yeah. But that was surprisingly uh, like helpful advice considering how obvious it is. Not a lot of people think that through. Yeah. Yeah. Merch, I think probably is a good way for comics to make a little extra pocket change. But you know what I find fascinating? So we were talking about, uh, you know, just like, you know, fair and being kind of uh, egalitarian or um, I, I don't know what the right word is, but I, I was a big fan of Fugazi back. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're a, they're a band um, kind of, oh, I sure. guess I call them punk, but whatever, but they had a huge touring following, but these guys never sold merch and they always uh, kept ticket prices. This was the nineties, of course, like no greater than $12 or something. So they, they really didn't want to get involved with the music industry. So they had sure. their own thing. They had their own promoters, their own rooms, but like you, I'm thinking merch is a great way to make uh, some, some extra money or whatever. But I was shocked to find out that these guys kind of didn't want to do any of that. And sure. yet, well, it's not, it's not fun to try to sit there no. and like, like I'd rather just sit there and shake people's hands or have a cigarette after the show. Like yeah. it's not fun to sit there and try to shill merch and just have people be like <laughs> politely like, Oh no, I didn't like you that much, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's good. Like some, I've heard some headliners, you know, kind of rubs them the wrong way. And that's fine. I'd always be respectful of the headliner. If like, yeah. they don't want you to sell merch, you don't sell merch and they don't want you to do crowd work. You don't do crowd work. But yeah, I mean, Hosts get 50 bucks a pop at almost every club. Features only get 100 bucks a pop when they're doing it. So, yeah, yeah make a little money. Like, unless yeah. <laughs> so you're like in one of the rare situations where you don't have to travel to go to a club, like, you need to do extra to get your money back. Like you said, with all the travel, com comedy is actually pretty expensive. Oh, is your um, phone dying on you? Or? It is. Okay. Hold on one second. Uh, all right. We're, we're almost, I think we're over an hour anyway. So 
I don't want to take up your whole night. I don't know. G I think you muted. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me try and unmute. There we go. All right. Oh, there we go. Right? All right. Cool. Yeah. No, it's all good. Um, but <laughs> this poor phone, I, I really do my best to not replace a phone until it's absolutely necessary. That's another good tip. Even like, like yeah, on its on its last leg, a phone is still a fucking miracle in your pocket. But it is. I am getting pretty close to throwing this one out of a moving car. Uh, yeah. And like, <laughs> it rarely keeps a, a charger in there anymore. Uh, the GPS just decided to stop working at random, which has been a fun new development. Uh, but it's all good. That's like, it, it's funny. In, like in 2020, I've, I don't know hardly anybody who's ever met a comedy manager, but we have Facebook. <laughs> I think that's yeah. like more helpful than any comedy manager. Well, you know what? That's hilarious that you say that because yeah, I'm very anti I, social media to me is kind of a little insidious, but then it's so ingrained with comedy culture that, you, you really need it. It's just part of the thing. I wouldn't even know where to go for an open mic, let alone get, get in touch with you to do podcasting or whatever. So yeah. it's one of these things where I, I do, I think it does need to be regulated. Don't get me wrong. But then I also, sure. I kind of love the technology and everything it's giving us right now. Well, yeah, but, it's just like, <laughs> if, if it's all about harvesting our information and then selling it to companies to try yeah. to sell as advertisement, at least be open about it. Like, yeah. At least tell us that's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice. Or pay your taxes and stop lying to us. Yeah. Or, you know, someone like you, who you have a lot of interest with your Instagram feed and it's entertaining. You've put effort into it. You're a producer. You're, you are, I mean, you're a producer right now. And so people are keeping their eyeballs on the feed because of stuff you're doing. Like, uh, you know, maybe some kind of commission check or something. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it's like, it's, it's acknowledgement that, oh, sure. wait, you're adding to our bottom line by doing what, yeah, and of course yeah. YouTube does this, but you, YouTube, you have to have like thousands of hours of views and. Yeah, no, they, they all do. They like it, Instagram, Facebook live do as well. But yeah, the, oh, okay. the bar is pretty high for getting to oh, that point insane. where we actually get anybody back. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. Cool, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Please uh, yeah, play, yeah. keep up the, the the zoo review. That I mean, it's <laughs> it's golden. I laugh so much. Very rarely well, I do I have it, those things in the feed where I just start laughing. But the zoo <laughs> review has been very entertaining. Um, I'm I'm hoping you can get more footage and the thing stays alive. Um, be safe. Be safe. Thank you. Yeah. And then how um, is how's everybody in your house? Are the kids feeling better now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're good. Not so good. those that um. God, from I want to say from mid February until probably what are we in now? We're March 16th, probably until the first week of um, first or second week of March. It was kind of, it was pretty stressful for us. I like I yeah. had never seen my little one, the seven year. I've never seen her that sick. Like she's yeah. she's a kid. She's always bouncing over, and she could really. She only had the energy to really, um, you know, walk around and whatnot for like maybe three to five hours a day. And yeah, we, it wasn't even in the news like it was now or before, but we just knew we were like, this is, this is bad. And then of course, like within four days of her getting healthy and kind of walking around and the cough was clearing up, then the, the older one started getting a fever. Like, oh my. And by of then course. it was all yeah. in the news. And that's when me and the, the wife, we were kind of, we were, we were freaking out a, a little bit, but no, it's all good now. And I, um, I'm, I'm fortunate. My, my company, I, I was kind of like, um, 
already 50% work from home. And so this just kicked me into the 100%. And oh yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I, I'm seeing my kids every day. I'm just going for walks, riding the bikes with the kids. So I haven't, you know, for me, I, I, there's some, I don't know if you call it survival's guilt or whatever, but I feel like I'm just having too good of a time when I know the sure. world is suffering right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So but yeah, take it easy. I'm like, don't, don't throw any up like fun. I just made brunch Instagram photos. Like don't be dude, too cocky with it. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe like I saw, um, and the only reason I know this is because I checked in on news sites, but I guess some of these, like, um, one of the Geffen or something took a picture of his yacht and was like, I'm quarantining. Yeah. <laughs> He's in his yacht yeah, in the Bahamas yeah, yeah. or something. Like, dude, uh, come on. Just sing it imagine with all the other assholes. Yeah. Oh, dude. That was bad. <laughs> that was really bad. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good time to be cynical. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's fun to be able to hang with friends and sit back and laugh at all this shit. 100%. Cool, man. So I will pro- hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to bump into each other soon. I'm going to probably be down. Well, it's all dependent on how this clears up, but I wanted to go down and, uh, start checking out some open mics down South in the summer. I, I don't know, probably sure. that won't happen now, but hopefully we bump into each other and I, I, I hope, uh, everything comes back online and we'll be seeing each other in happier times. Yeah, but there's there's like a good two and a half week long period where I was the king of Ventura comedy. So hopefully nice. I get to reclaim my throne when this comes when this comes to an end. We'll see. Nice. Cool. Yeah, well, I'll get you shows out here for sure. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, have a good night and uh, see you soon.